0: You are now listening to the Northside Sox podcast. The Northside Sox podcast is a subsidiary of the Southside Sox podcast network. I am Janice Scurrio with me today is the inimitable Sam Sherman, and I am more than happy. I am elated to announce that we have our a, a second guest, a second guest, so two guests in a row. So Northside Sox is rolling on some stuff here. And our guest for today is none other than the staff writer uh, for the Twins, for The Athletic. He covered the White Sox for five and a half years for NBC Sports. It is none other than the wonderful Dan Hayes. Dan, how the heck are you? Thank you so much for coming on.
1: Hey, hey, thanks. And I'm glad that the check came across for that wonderful intro. So thank you, uh, <laughs> I, I, I hope it clears. It, it should just wait till Friday. Oh, it is Friday, so we're good, so. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: we definitely wanted to throw the White Sox part in there uh, just because it was definitely not gonna be us antagonizing you for uh, like an hour straight. Uh, but, but yeah, <laughs> uh, we're basically just going to uh, talk some twins. Uh, the Twins have made some very interesting uh, off-season moves like just, just in the past week, actually. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just thinking of the ways the Twins can hurt me other than uh, <laughs> bringing back notorious Sox killer Nelson Cruz. So uh, Nelson Cruz is a hitter that I was kind of hoping the White Sox would pick up in that uh, infamous DH role that has been much contested over the past couple of weeks. Uh, Yeah, uh, Nelson Cruz absolutely just kills Sox pitching to this day uh, and that hasn't let up at all. So just even in the past two years, Uh, He's got a collective 346 uh, batting average, a 418 on base percentage, and a 704 slugging percentage against uh, current Sox pitching, and that is, like, since 2018. So still very consistently crushing uh, the White Sox, uh, still going to be a pain uh, in our collective butts. Uh, So, so, yeah. Yeah. Given
1: that, I think he's got 23 dented chairs at U.S. Cellular, or uh, sorry, yeah. guaranteed rate. I think there's like 23, <laughs> 24 chairs They've dented over the last couple of years.
2: Yeah, it was but, it got pretty ridiculous at, yeah, at one point. He's,
1: he was interesting, like he was a total focal point, and obviously, like I, what there was a report there um, that he might be coming uh, to the White Sox. I think there was some accuracy to that at one point, but I think that was because that was pre-Liam Hendricks. And I think when the the White Sox went for Liam Hendricks, that probably effectively limited them on Nelson Cruz to the point where Nelson Cruz then was going to be somebody, maybe if it fell, if his market fell apart, just totally fell apart, 100% disaster. Like if Nelson Cruz's agent decided to pursue the National League with the NLDH, and then the DH doesn't happen. And obviously right now it's still looking that way. You never know. It could change at the last minute. Um, It would be good for baseball to do that. But were they to have continued pursuing the NL and then that crashed on them, maybe he could fall to the White Sox at like five, six million. And maybe they would find the money at that point. But I think they were completely out. I think the Rays were probably more the secondary team in the American League at this point. Um, It just didn't. It didn't uh, need to get there, and and it took forever. I mean, four months of my life has gone tracking uh, Nelson Cruz and the the twins. When we all knew, it made more sense than anything um, from the outset of the the winter. Like he means so much to them. He means a lot. He means to them what Jose Abreu means to the the White Sox. Just that that steady leader that has the corner locker. It's what Canerco used to be. You know, you need those guys that everybody pays attention to and kind of looks to for permission on is this okay that kind of thing Cruz is that guy he's and, and to think that he's only done that in two years with the twins speaks to what kind of leader he is and so I could understand why the White Sox wanted to throw him in that mix you have a talented group but I, I really like Vaughn uh, I like what uh, they have weight in there and I can understand why they would wait to try and throw him out there and if it doesn't work right away maybe address it at the, the break at the, at the deadline. And I mean, you can always get bats and the, the White Sox have plenty as it is. Cause that, that offense is a nightmare inducing, I think for pitchers around the league.
0: Yeah, I think someone tweeted a uh, um, hypothetical lineup that inserted Cruz, I think in the third or fourth spot, and it, it just absolutely struck fear uh, in, inside of me. Uh, so uh, hey you know what um it doesn't always go out the way we want it to uh but dan you tweeted something out the other day that i thought was interesting that apparently the twins uh kind of up the ante a little, a little bit by uh, adding nelson cruz's personal chef to the game day staff
1: yeah. <laughs> you have yeah any
0: other additional details on that any insider food info for us
1: <laughs> okay so uh apparent so nelson cruz has sort of a like he, he has two cousins who are with him at all times because like his schedule is so regimented and he does everything. You know, he has a, a daily massage that he gets done Every, to be 40 and hit like this. Like he basically treats his body like a palace. And and uh, one of his cousins, David um, is extremely popular with everybody that likes any kind of Latin food. He is huge into it. So it goes to both teams. It goes to Nelson Cruz's friends. And the twins thought, well, you know, he cooks for everybody. So we're going to contract out now. So he's not a full-time employee. That's, they didn't do it that way, but they basically said, look, we want you to cook this food for our guys. So they, they kind of wanted to, uh, I think I tweeted that they uh, spiced up the deal or sweetened it. However you want to look at it. By, uh, by adding him in. And and so now he is around the team all the time, which allows him to kind of be there on a daily basis and not just be a, a guy that's getting clubhouse access. He has a purpose for being there. He always did anyways, but it's even more official now. And it, it's we see these kind of perks all the time in deals. I remember Kevin Brown, and this one's an old contract. I think he signed with the Dodgers in like 98, and it was like 105 million, but he got like 12- private plane flights as part of his contract you know and so they the guys are always looking for perks and Nelson Cruz got to bring his cousin on as a a now a paid employee so the twins will pay for the ingredients the twins will pay for all that stuff and they'll pay him to make the meals and basically he's just doing what he was doing before it's just not out of Nelson Cruz's pocket
2: you know Dan this you know you're with you're with the athletic of course and I think this sounds like a perfect long-form story for you to do you know, a dinner with the after, you know, once uh, once hopefully we get past the pandemic here soon and you can be in person with the uh, Cruz family, have a little dinner, uh, catered, well, something like that.
1: <laughs> I, I absolutely want to write about, because his cousin Adiel, who actually helped them get Alex Colome too, like apparently Adiel is very tight with Alex Colomay. And basically they were like uh, Monday last week when the twins upped it to 13 million um, Adiel was like, "You want Colme? I'll get you Colome." And all of a sudden, Colome signs like for one year and five million, which seems pretty like a, an awesome deal given his production. Um, so you know, Nelson Cruz's um, family is clearly very important to him. And last year, they weren't allowed to be around because of COVID, and all the restrictions. And so, I definitely want to do something more in depth on having his family around and what it means to him because it's clear that that's important to him. And, and obviously these are the last couple of years of his career. So um, I'm guessing that that's a really big deal to him.
0: So that definitely shows how incredibly influential uh, Cruz has been uh, just in general. And it makes sense that the twins would certainly bring him back. And uh, I, I guess that makes sense because we were all kind of um, kind of surprised that Colum a, um signed for 5 million. That seemed a little low uh, to me. Uh, yeah, very surprising pay cut. Uh, so uh, I guess to segue over to Colome. Uh, so uh, Zips has Colome finishing 2021 with a 3.65 ERA, 3.92 FIP. Um, so uh, Dan, are you concerned about any uh, potential regression uh, out of Colome?
1: I mean, I don't expect a 0.81 ERA in 20. You know, the, you look at the strikeout total slip in the way it has. There's there's reason to wonder what he can do. Um, the, the thing I like for him with the twins is they added Andrelton Simmons, you know, earlier, like a week and a half ago, there's so many things that have happened in the last two weeks. It's they, they piled it all together after doing nothing until January 20th. Um, and I, you know, the way that the defense now is formed. uh, So Jorge Polanco goes from shortstop to second base full-time. So you have a guy with the range of a shortstop moving to second base. I think their infield defense sets up extremely well for a guy that puts the ball in play as much as Colomay does. So I, you know, some regression, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, I don't know that he goes all the way up to those kind of numbers. It wouldn't surprise me if he was a guy that was low three, high twos, um, and and if that's what they're mixing in with an already pretty good group, and I think they'll get a little bit better. It wouldn't stun me if they add Tyler Clifford again. Um, in the next week or so, or, or Justin Wilson, then you're looking at five guys that can come in and pitch late in games because uh, Taylor Rogers has been their closer for two years off and on. Tyler Duffy is one of the best relievers in baseball. Hansel Robles was awesome in 2019. He struggled last year without crowds. His velocity dropped off. They think he will bounce back this year. Um, and so you have those four guys to handle and and the twins have never prescribed to, uh subscribe to this is our closer, not at least under Rocco Baldelli, they move guys around their matchup based. And, and so whereas we know Liam Hendricks is the guy with the white Sox, you get three or four guys, whatever the best matchup is. And I I think the twins are great with pitch mix. They're going to let him run wild with his cutter. He might even, he threw it 71.6% of the time last year. He might even throw it like 80% this year. Um, They love the way it cuts. They love the carry on it. So I think
0: that
1: it it should be interesting. He's going to a team that's going to know how to use him. So I think the regression is natural. I just don't think it'll be off the charts.
2: Uh, What's your feel as far as uh, with the, you know, with the moves that the Twins have made this off season, they're obviously going to be, whereas where the White Sox have sort of been on their their tail here the last couple of years, last season, it's, it's sort of coming together for the Sox quite a bit more, even with some additions that they've made. Do, from from your sense of sort of the, the Twins uh, uh, fans from, from what you see on Twitter and all that, do you think that there's any, you know, are the White Sox putting uh, a fear in the eyes of the Twins with that division? Like, or, or do you think that they still feel pretty confident with, with what they've got? I,
1: I, I think this last two weeks has made Twins fans um, do uh, – I, I think that they are a lot more confident now. I, I think they know the White Sox are right there – uh, in terms of he, Luis Robert have a better season this year than he did last year. and He was really good last year. Um, you look across that lineup, Aloy Jimenez is only going to continue to get better uh, as he like uh, when he hits the ball, the right, when, when Luis Robert hits the ball to right and uses the whole field um, you know, they're monsters. And and when they do that consistently, the average goes up. So you're talking about a team that was going to challenge them and push them no matter what. I think the twins you know, they have a little bit more of an older core um, than than the White Sox do, but it's still extremely talented. And they felt like they were starting from a good place. And now they've improved their infield defense a ton. One of their guys in the front office thinks that they, with, by moving Simmons to short and Polanco to second, that they will be one and a half to two and a half wins better than they were previously defensively. And that's a significant boost. Um, they have a good pitching staff. You know, you look at Maeda and – and Barrios and Pineda, um, Pineda's sort of under the radar, but he's been really good, and he, he's pitched well against the Sox. Um, you know, J.A. Happ, I'm, I remember the Tim Anderson liking the tweet. <laughs> when he signed. And yeah. it, it's not like they only face the White Sox. So J.A. Happ maybe uh, – sorry, J.A. Happ uh, maybe faces them four times throughout the year. So what about the other 30 starts he's going to make or 28 – going to be against other teams that don't feast on lefties the way that the White Sox do um so I think yeah, the Twins like yeah. feel better but I don't know that they're convinced I mean come on the White Sox are charging they, they look great so it should be a good um it'll be a really a lot of fun between these two teams and both should make the playoffs
0: Yeah, I I do remember the uh, the J-Hap numbers. I think I I just looked them up out of curiosity and I wasn't expecting them to be uh, that that good um, against a single pitcher. But I mean, it's not surprising that uh, this is also a team that went like 14-0 and against lefties last season. Uh, so, right. yeah, it, it just like made no um, – it, it definitely was not a surprise once I once I saw those numbers. Uh, but, yeah, just generally speaking about uh, some of the other offseason moves that the Twins have done. So, you you already mentioned uh, Andleton Simmons, uh, J-Hap we just talked about. Uh, but surprisingly enough, I didn't see any um, long-term deals. Uh, so, in that case, uh, what do you think is the plan long-term – Say are the twins going to promote internally uh, or perhaps dive into the free a free agent market next year
1: yeah they have preferred shorter term deals the last couple years to kind of supplement around their their core guys uh they still need to lock some guys up No, they have locked up uh they locked up max kepler a couple years ago they locked up polanco a couple years ago so they've kept core guys around. Um, it's going to be interesting in the next couple of years to see what they do with Byron Buxton, what they do with Jose Barrios. Those are two guys that you want to keep around ideally. Whether or not they can do that, we'll see. Um, and if they don't, when do they think about trading them? You know, we saw with Lindor, you know, the Indians fin- – or Cleveland finally got to the point where they were like, let's get rid of – you know, it's not an easy decision. I mean, you're trading – in Lindor, the best player in the division um, and, and one of the best players in baseball. And they dragged it out as long as they could. I think they got hurt by 2020 because they probably would have tried to trade him before the deadline. And that market just didn't seem like it was very good. So um, how do the twins proceed forward is going to be huge. But I, I, as far as what they do, they like to go year to year and try to find the best deals and stretch their dollars as much as possible. And, you know, you look at it, they got, uh, Simmons, they got um, Hap, and they got Robles for a million, a million and a half more than the White Sox got Hendricks for. So they they figured they looked at deals. They they're not going to push that frontline guy. And I think the White Sox were I, I liked Hendricks deal for the White Sox a lot. The first two years, the second, the, the third year, you know, you're getting into territory where it's like. Um, because if you only keep them three, then you paid him 18 million a year. And that third year eating a third year at 18 million is scary, especially with how much relievers get used these days. Um, but he is so fierce that you take that risk for those first two years, because it says what you believe in the rest of your club. And I think that they were in a good position to make that. And when you make you add Lance Lynn, um, you know, it, it's been a good off season for them, even though. It's only been a few big moves. Um, I I think they really did some nice things to make themselves a more thorough team.
2: Um, On the Hendricks point with the contract, I I have this sort of it's probably irrational, but it's a fear nonetheless that uh, with the White Sox in free agency that that you know sometimes they have to pay more just to get guys to to come and play um, for them. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, but do you get a sense that if Hendricks, you know, the money that he got in Chicago in that contract? Do you think that if it wasn't Chicago, he was going to be getting at least, you know, similar money wherever? he? I mean, obviously, he's going to get paid uh, and paid well. But do you think it was going to be a whole lot different than what he signed for in Chicago?
1: I mean, maybe a million less. I don't know. Okay. But you look at what Jansen got. You look at uh, what Aroldis Chapman got. Um, the, the contract's somewhat in line with those. I think it makes him even higher paid if it comes out to – three and 54 in his 18 year, which is crazy. Like that does seem like a lot, but you, when you have a guy that you want and you know that he can redefine your group, I mean, that bullpen was good last year, in my opinion. Yeah, It just lacked sort of the fly. Like column was, was very good for them, but it lacked that flame throwing anchor in the ninth. I loved the group collectively, but also I didn't like that when you're in Cleveland, that Carlos Rodon comes in with the bases loaded. I I was actually here uh, in like the twins were on the road and I, so I came home and uh, I I still live in Chicago suburbs and um, I'm listening to the game uh, as uh, I'm out for a walk. And my reaction immediately was to text uh, James Fegan. Did I just hear that? Is Rodon coming in? He's, coming back and he hasn't pitched in relief all year and he's getting the bases loaded. And, and like, so you've, you've eliminated, like I love Carlos Rodon, but I want to test him in some other spots first (laughs) before I throw him into the bases loaded. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I didn't get a clean inning. And, 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 uh, so I remember thinking that, and when you get Hendricks, you just add so much more depth. Uh, There's so many hard throwers in that group and it's, you know, um, I'm still waiting for the twins to hit a uh, fewer so that they can, so I can make the, they tagged Hewer joke on Twitter, but, uh, <laughs> it didn't happen. And, and, uh, there's a lot of guys like that. So it's, it's an impressive group that just got way better.
2: Um, so I guess I, am sort I, I have a sort of a question about the more reporting side of things. So you, you obviously you were on the white Sox beat. Um, now, now you've been on the twins beat for several years. Um, it has, is there, has there been anything about kind of covering both of these teams? Uh, was there something that you maybe, um, I don't know if I sort of miss about, about the, the Sox beat that's just different than the, the twins beat or vice versa, something that, that with the twins now, it's a little bit different than covering the Sox. anything like that that you can kind of let us in on? Um,
1: well, I mean, just personally, I miss sleeping in my own bed uh, because I commute to Minnesota and okay. like just do home games um so i missed that and the convenience um uh,
0: what the heck you, you you commute from chicago to well, Minnesota.
1: like one every week like once a week i go up um Ooh, okay like, i
0: was about to say that that's yeah, no, no, no.
1: <laughs> that would be like that would be three hours by flight and i don't have a private plane uh it's in the shop this week um, i was gonna say yeah um <laughs> uh, three hours round trip by flight or 12 like when i when i explain commute i have to clarify i go up once a homestand and then come back and like i i rent a room from another media member up there and and uh it actually works out pretty well cuz i live downtown there um that's it's good but um you know like i love chicago and i love um like i it's just a great town so i missed that and mm. uh but i'll say this target field uh is 100 times better um <laughs> Uh, the press box is a thousand times better Uh, at a guaranteed rate. You sit third deck beyond first base at target Mm -hmm. field. Like I'm just to the right of the catcher and in the second deck. Um, So that part's great. Uh, And I don't know. uh, It's, it's hard to say. I would love to be on white Sox now just to, with fans being, uh, buying in more i mean you think about i came in the middle of the 2012 season so i collectively saw 2012 through 2017 which might be the worst five-year his point in in club history i i get to see the adam laroche uh thing i got to see chris sale cut up jerseys i got to see <laughs> countless the Todd Frazier Adam Eaton fight I saw 99 losses and then I see 90 losses three times um I saw some horrible stuff collectively and fans were so checked out it was a uh, it was a trying period especially because
0: I one I, of them. yeah, yeah
1: it, <laughs> imagine working for a team entity at the time you know with the athletic I am free and clear of I loved NBCSN it was it was a great place to work but you always are aware that you work for the team flagship and see sure. so kind of toe that line. And uh, it, you know, there's certain things that um, it's not that you don't report it. Cause I always reported it. It's just that you have, you don't have some of the freedoms that you would have that I have now. And so I love that part about this now is if the twins deserve heavy criticism um, to the point where it's like, I'm the one starting the conversation then I can do that. And I could always criticize the White Sox, but I always felt like it was good if someone else led the criticism first and then I could jump in. Um, it was It's it's an interesting dynamic because you're working for a site that Jerry Reinsdorf writes the checks for. So uh, it, it was uh, something that was in the back of my mind. I mean, I fully reported the Adam LaRoche stuff and went on Outside the Lines and uh, Dan Patrick's show and talked about it and was open and honest about it, but, you know, somewhere in the back of my mind was, man, I hope the, whites aren't, the White Sox aren't watching this right now.
0: <laughs> I think that kind of objectivity is, is like, certainly uh, like really great to have. And uh, yeah, I mean, we, we refer to, to it in, uh, internally as kind of like the state-run media where we just kind of have to uh, take anything uh, they say with a grain of salt, and I mean, if you look at like their social media, you'll see like they'll be accused of carrying water. They'll be accused of, you know, just brown nosing like Jerry Reinsdorf. It, like it, it's it's just uh, yeah. So it's it's really great that you have more of that freedom with the athletic to to drag the twins through the mud if you need to.
1: And and it's come up because they they did a service time thing with Byron Buxton when he was an established player. You know, you always see it with hey, we're going to hold Carlos Rodon out for the first 20 games of the season so we get that extra season out of him, Um, which is, by the way, funny that the White Sox then non-tendered him before that seventh season uh, this year and then re-signed him as a free agent. Um, But you you see that happen with those guys, Chris Bryant. Uh, I know that it was going to happen with Alloy, but he got the contract extension. It was going to happen with Luis Robert, but he got the contract extension. Uh, The Twins did it after Byron Buxton was already established and so it was they, it was total crap it was absolute garbage and uh end of September 2018 season they didn't call him up and and I think between me and Ken Rosenthal we took them to task pretty hard on it and uh it was it was fun to do and they didn't you know they understood it they didn't take offense to it so it's cool to be able to have that freedom for sure
2: um, and I guess yeah, having a colleague in Ken Rosenthal isn't uh, isn't a bad. Uh, yeah.
1: I go <laughs> to sleep well. much easier. We all do because we know <laughs> we're not going to get beat by Ken Rosenthal, or if we do, same team, so it's great.
2: Yeah. Um, so I got to ask you here uh, real quick. I, if I if I if I'm not mistaken, you're a pretty big movie fan, right?
1: I am. Yeah, absolutely.
2: So I was just thinking, you know, 2020, very strange year, sort of a down year for movies because of the obvious. Was there a yeah. movie this year that really stuck out to you as, as one that, that uh, maybe you yeah. call a favorite?
1: Um, man, there were a couple. Um, let me just look it up real quick. Yeah. Um, the one about the drummer, the deaf drummer. Um, oh. Uh, uh, uh,
2: um, Sound of Metal. Movie. Sound of Metal. Yeah.
1: That was great. Um, there were a couple and it's funny. It's been a tough year. I, I, I liked one night in Miami. I wish it wasn't a play. That was turned into a movie, but I, I liked the acting that between uh, um, Sam Cooke and, and Muhammad Ali and, and Malcolm X. There was some good, very good acting in that. Um, but I'm trying to, it's weird. You know, when I used to go to the movie theaters, you see the name on the marquee and you know, you remember what you see. And then Great. when you stream everything, it's sort of like CDs with me where you don't see the title of a song. So I could listen to number three on smashing pumpkins and be like, Oh, I love that song, but I can't remember what the name of it is, um, because I haven't seen it. And so like sort of that way with streaming, where I've probably seen 120 movies and I know I've liked a lot of them. Um, and I can't remember names and it's killing me that I don't right now. Um, but but sound of metal was definitely one of my favorites this year. That was cool just because uh, it was really well done. And Riz Ahmed definitely would be a really worthy um, Oscar winner if he gets it.
2: Yeah, that was an intense role. Uh, he really went out, went all in with that. That, was, yeah. that that's up there for me as well. Um,
1: what do you guys got? What What are your, some of your uh, your favorites?
2: Yeah, <laughs> you know it's funny because yeah, I'm sorry. Keep continue, James. Oh,
0: sorry. I was—I was gonna say that I, I like just severely lack the attention span for movies. Uh, but uh, the few I've seen so far, like, like you, Dan, like they've all been streamed, and so a lot of the times we'll have a movie on in the background, even, right. uh, and so I'll just be like peer over and be like, "Ooh, I really like that," but then I'll—I I just won't remember the name of it. I won't remember anything else. Uh, for some reason, whatever comes to mind, uh, I saw the movie uh, Run on Hulu. Uh, Sarah Paulson is in it. Uh, she plays a, a mom who adopts uh, a, ch- a child. Um, I- I'm even describing this really crabbily. Uh, wait,
1: wait. I know I've seen this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's the one where she gives her all the, uh, where she gives her the, the drugs. Yeah, that was great.
0: Okay, yeah, all right. I don't know how I completely forgot. The
1: oh the wait, I, yeah, yeah. I, I I, should have
0: remembered the the daughter's
1: in the wheelchair, and and yes. then yeah, that was a that was a really entertaining movie. Um, and it just took looking it up as you and I watched it like two months ago. So <laughs> that's twenty twenty in a nutshell, right there. Like, it's it's uh it's hard to keep up with everything that's gone on this year. It's just been a weird year.
2: I think yeah. tri- trial the Chicago Seven, which I was just looked oh, the list. Was- I that was pretty that was pretty good. Um, okay so
1: so that was a really good one and i did like that but uh let me look it up because there was a better trial movie that came out and it was steve mcqueen uh directed it um and it's on amazon it was called hang on it's it's in the small axe series um and it's called mangrove which was uh it's not like, heard of that you know, yeah, that was that was a, a better trial version. It's not as funny as Chicago Seven, and obviously Chicago Seven, it's Chicago, so it's even better. Um, but yeah. uh, as far as trial movies go, that was a, a really good one too. So um, it has been cool. Like it's been really nice to see great stuff streaming and easily accessible this year, mm-hmm. because there's no other choice. Um, but I prefer to go sit in the movie theater for two hours and sit in the dark. So. I'm Hopefully <laughs> that comes back soon.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. definitely true. I think just having the the theater ambiance and just being forced to turn off my phone and not have any external distractions like it'll it'll actually help me focus on yeah. the movie. So very much so, looking forward to when I can return to a theater again.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's how I spend the. It's how you kill the off season as a beat writer. Everybody's at work. <laughs> You're like, oh, twelve o'clock. I'll go to a movie. It's cool. So
2: <laughs> you can knock out a bunch that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um well Dan, thank you so much again for for coming on. We're gonna have to have you back uh back at some point during the season to, for to talk really more movies, honestly. Uh hopefully we'll have a, a fresh slate uh and maybe a little baseball
1: as well. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on, guys.
0: Okay, so I completely forgot to tell you guys that we were going to take a break. Oops, sorry. Oh, my bad. Uh, But uh, that was Dan Hayes of The Athletic. Uh, He is the beat writer uh, for the Twins for The Athletic uh I think I mentioned that uh yeah I did yay go me but uh, really awesome of Dan to take the time to come and talk yes, to us yes. and talk uh some twins baseball uh yeah we we definitely uh did not talk shit we we, we weren't going to and we we were not going to talk trash we love we no. love Dan yeah
2: and 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 Dan Dan was right I mean obviously he was uh he was an objective reporter but he was right there in the trenches with us and like he said in uh the really the one of the worst periods of white Sox baseball, not only on the field, but off the field. What did he say from 2012
0: to 2017? Yeah. That was like the dark ages. And yeah, I mentioned before that I was one of the fans that checked out. Uh, yeah, I admit, um, probably living away from Chicago, uh, didn't help. Uh, so yeah from 2012 to i want to say 2016 i did not follow the team at all like i i just was so incredibly just distraught and like like grossed out by everything um
1: yeah and was... i'm like
0: i i think i think we need some time apart we definitely were like uh, me and the white Sox. we were like a separated couple we're, we're just like now you know what um, <laughs> We need some time away from each other. Like, this is just not working out. Um, I I did drive to Houston to go see a game, um, which, uh, yeah, they uh, got whooped by the Astros pretty badly, (laughs) which surprised nobody. Uh, But... But yeah, yeah, Dan uh, certainly was in the trenches uh, with all of us. Uh, but that being said, uh, here uh, is our typical White Sox conversation. So in that conversation earlier, uh, Dan brought up Carlos Rodon a little bit. Uh, probably I really did not want to remember that game against Cleveland where he was brought <laughs> on with the bases loaded. Uh, after a, after a being on the uh, injured list, uh, that was not great to see. And then the White Sox non tendered him, and now he is back. Imagine our excitement. Yeah. So uh, I have very mixed feelings about Radon. Uh, So, by mixed, I mean that this move was not very inspiring, definitely not very instilling. I don't know. I I don't think I really have any confidence in him. Uh, I was definitely. Uh, hoping and foreseeing some sort of success, but with another organization. And I know a lot of people kind of felt the same uh, where uh, they were like, okay, well, I'm sure he was a first round draft pick, but uh, I mean, we just didn't see what we needed to see from him. Uh, So in that regard, Just because someone is a high round draft pick doesn't necessarily predicate their success later on in their career. Uh, So uh, yeah, I was completely okay with letting him walk. But other than that, uh, the big argument was that uh, perhaps maybe he can come under the tutelage of Ethan Katz. But the thing is, though, I think we may be relying on Ethan Katz a little too much in the scope of uh Ronaldo lopez dylan cease and now carlos Rodon, so are, are, are we giving him way too much work to do already
2: well yeah i mean it's that's that's sort of been the thing that i feel like has been the 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 uh the quick answer with with pretty much half seemingly half the socks rotation or half the half the pitchers there or especially with the starting rotation which is um, you know, well, what about Reynaldo? Well, what about Dylan? Well, what about now uh, Carlos again? And, and it's, and yeah, as you say, it's all, well, cats will fix them. It's the new, you know, coop will fix them except maybe they'll actually be fixed. Um, but the thing is, is it's like, I, I, you know, I know how we both feel about Ethan cats. A lot of people, um, you know, it's sort of considered that a very solid hire, if not a great hire. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think if, if cats can, can, sort of solve the problems of one of those, one of those guys in the staff, it would be um, awesome, let alone, you know, all three. And also it's just, you know, kind of going back to, so is it asking too much? I think absolutely asking too much, especially in that first year. Um, but I'm, I'm more just sort of, you know, as you said, it's important to say, um, I think we both, we both agree on this is uh, kind of going off what you said with, with rooting for, for Carlos or Don um, to succeed. Uh, but you know, he, I, like you said, I just kind of wanted it to maybe be elsewhere, uh, which sounds weird. Um, I wanted that, that, that second shot at success to be at another team just because, yeah, like um, I feel like we had just seen everything that we needed to see, at least uh, in, in Chicago. Um, I think that I, I sort of also thought that, and maybe this was just totally off base, but I kind of thought that a minor league deal would be more in line with what he probably should have gotten at this point. Uh, to give them, you know, the again, it's not a ton of money, 3 million for a year. Um, but, uh, or excuse me, what, what is it, a year and an option? Or is that just the one year? I forget exactly. But um, the fact is, is uh, I'm just not, it, it's it's not a move that's going to kill you, but I'm just not sure if it's going to end up um, being much of anything. I would actually have more confidence in, uh, quite frankly, in in Katz um, solving Uh, either Dylan Cease or Renaldo Lopez's issues than Carlos Rodon's at this point.
0: Yeah, I am uh, right along there with you. Uh, so Ethan Katz, uh, a little bit more well known for uh, introducing a uh, r- really excellent sliders. So he's done that with Jack Flaherty. Uh, so maybe the the slider is uh, the uh, the pitch to Ethan Katz as the cutter was to to Don Cooper. I don't know. I, I really also <laughs> don't like making these uh, coop cats uh, comparisons <laughs> like, right away.
2: Yeah,
0: Uh, just mainly because I I don't want to uh, put put Ethan Katz in a bad place already. Uh, But in a somewhat related move today, the White Sox added Jerry Naren, uh, who helped Mm -hmm. James McCann improve his pitch framing last offseason. So, uh, yeah, now uh, the White Sox have a catching uh, coach or a a, someone on their coaching staff uh, who is a primarily meant to uh, help improve the framing of the catching staff and so yeah if uh, someone like uh jerry naren can kind of help james mccann improve his framing maybe um, he could fix zach collins uh, so yeah, yeah maybe there's something there especially because it's more and more likely looking that zach collins is going to be the backup catcher Oof. So, yeah your thoughts on your thoughts on that
2: um, I mean, I've been pretty clear, I th- you know, throughout I th- like past episodes with my thoughts on Zach Collins. I think, um, I think that he can be uh, something in the major leagues. I just don't think that he can be a uh, a catcher um, primarily because what we've seen, you know, just hasn't looked very good. But I think what concerns me more is you deal, you know, you, there's plenty of examples of catchers who uh, don't do it defensively but can do it with the bat or, or can get on base. And Zach Collins has not shown that ability. He's not shown the ability to to, to hit, you know, um, off-speed pitches um, at the major league level. Uh, You know, it was very exciting seeing his numbers in uh, Miami and even in the minor leagues where his batting average was low, but his um, on-base percentage was very high, uh, very, very high. And you sort of were thinking, well, okay, well, we'll see how this can kind of translate. And so far it just hasn't. So backup catcher, um, I think, you know, if he was truly just the backup catcher, um, that doesn't scare me that much, but as we all know, injuries happen, and uh, and and I don't think we want uh, Yasmani as much as we love him um, having to you know catch every single game. Um, so that's where the backup catcher is very important. Let alone if you know an injury does occur, and then that's going to be the guy who's going to you know catch a catch a significant number of games. Obviously, they added Jonathan Lucroy um, to that minor league deal, but uh, our own um, our colleague James Fox, I think, tweeted yesterday he expects that that Luke Roy will probably be on the, the opening day roster in some capacity. Um, you know, I, I had texted you yesterday about that move saying, I don't, I did, you know, I didn't have any complaints. And then I, then you had sort of reminded me and I looked back at the numbers of his numbers since 2016. And, uh, yeah, I have some complaints, but again,
0: third (laughs) catcher
2: on the roster, whatever. Um,
0: so yeah, I, oh, yeah. I, I didn't hate <laughs> McCroy acquisition at all uh, like just mainly because uh, I just remembered how much of an absolute monster he was with the brewers I think like from like 20 like 12 to 2016 yeah uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so his framing stats were so incredibly good in that four-year span that it honestly didn't skew much that he completely fell off the table, uh, like, say, right after 2016. I believe um, his fan graphs, framing metric went from, like, 18.4 to, like, 3. That is a very (laughs) – that's, like, falling off a cliff right there. So, I mean, is he, like, probably, is, is he the same as he was when he was with Milwaukee? Highly unlikely. Um, in 2014, he had an 8.2 F4 season. Uh, it's highly unlikely he's going to return to those kind of no, kinds of numbers. So, yeah, at one point, he was a great framing catcher. Uh, but to kind of have someone with that experience, uh, another just kind of grizzled veteran uh, to a minor league deal, uh, he... He basically has another chance to uh yeah kind of prove himself maybe, perhaps maybe for one last time uh, so it's definitely great insurance in case uh, yes Monty Brandal gets injured uh, please God please don't get injured uh, <laughs> but yeah we've also got uh your mean Mercedes of, of course too which I, I don't think I can like go one podcast episode without bringing up our old <laughs> friend your mean but uh yeah he's still there too uh, but uh, yeah I'll just to uh, bring back what James Fox said, uh, yeah, if, if he's going to be on that opening day roster, um, yeah, uh, definitely great to have to, uh, yeah. Fill in when needed. So.
2: Yeah. Um, so I don't know, I, I guess we're, we're sort of at that. I know Rick Hahn said it a couple of weeks ago. He made the comment that the team is on the floor, that the team, you know, the team is on the field in this case. Um, and largely that has been the case, you know, with, even with, uh, some of the um, rumors out there that we've seen, um, especially after the, the Hector Gomez report or tweet saying that maybe the Sox would be in on cruises. We've already talked about in this podcast that did not happen. Right. Um, it seems like this is going to be the team. It seems like, uh, you know, it's for spring training is, is uh, you know what, at the end of the, we're getting right up to it. Real, real close here. Um, and how, where are you, how are you feeling with it? Because I was thinking today about the fact that all things considered and surely all things considered, you know, with the Larusa stuff and with even more additions where you can really, you know um, further strengthen the already strong team and all those things are very true. But I was sort of thinking, if we're looking at it sort of with our, even interestingly, if we take our fan caps off and we're looking at the team, as maybe baseball is looking at the team um, or more objective viewers, the Sox very well could be uh, the best team in the American league, uh, which is, you know, that would be, there'd be an an argument there for sure, but it's possible. And that's kind of amazing to think about. Um, Does it make it more disappointing to say that they could be easily adding some pieces here or there, like a Marcelo Zuna? I'll just throw a name out out there. Sure. Um, But ultimately, Mm -hmm. I was just thinking this is, this is very, very uncharted territory. So where are you at with this? I mean, as we sort of see the team on the field.
0: Absolutely. So, I mean, just at face value, uh, the White Sox are very, very good. Uh, so I I've been overall pleased uh, with the off season uh, acquisitions. Um, maybe like not so much on Radon, Um Lou Croy, neither here nor there. Uh, the manager, like, again, like, I, I'm, I'm not going to air my grievances again on that. Uh, but other, otherwise, I mean, I, I think the team looks great. Uh, fantastic lineup. Uh, I think with the pitching rotation, the, the, probably the rotation is probably my biggest concern, is mainly because we have, uh, say, three Uh, just known good starters and say two, two to three question marks kind of at that back end. So that being said, yes, the White Sox are very good. They're going to be good. Can they be better? Absolutely. And I think um, an additional acquisition in the form of, yeah, a a proven DH like a, a Marcelo Zuna would certainly kind of make me feel even more confident that they not only can take the AL central, but they can take, the the entire American league.
2: Yeah. And that's, that's what we talked about with, uh, with Herb Lawrence last week, which or you know, or the last podcast where it's not about, you know, we're, we're past the point of, of, I think uh, thinking that they can win the AL central. I think you, you have to look and say they better win the AL central. I think, I mean, even with the additions that the twins made, I think that's very much within the realm of possibility. And like, you know, you're looking ahead of that. There's, there's higher expectations. Um, I like them to win the AL Central. <laughs> I'm not saying that it's a given. They didn't do it last year, even though it was very much uh, in reach. Um, no thanks to Carlos Rodon um, and and you know some other things too. But um, uh, it's yeah, it's just it's just it's strange. And I, there's like 150 players unsigned on that were you know the, if you look at the numbers of the people that of all the the free agents that are out there that would usually in, in other times be um, on major league rosters it's kind of incredible uh so you have to think that there's just you know that there's so many names out there that they could bring on even aside from Marcelo Zuna but it seems like the only additions that they'll be making here could be just uh, um you know those those sort of minor league additions which could be helpful but um it's more going to be a lot more like the, the Jonathan Lucroys than it's going to be like uh you know the Marcelo Zunas unfortunately it seems that way
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm hoping that at least with the Lucroy uh, acquisition, maybe it will pan out to be something more like um, what like... um, uh, I, I can't re- remember his name right now. Oh, uh, Eric Kratz. I uh, kind of like what he did oh, yeah. for the 28 Milwaukee Brewers. And uh, yeah, I, I actually like uh, Eric Kratz was popping up into my head as, as I was hearing Dan talk about how Nelson Cruz kind of like treats his body like a temple. Like he, he's nearly 40 years old or he is 40 years old. And yeah, he's, so. he's just in this optimal shape. And so he just is like very careful. He's very careful about what he eats and what he does. And that, it made me think about Eric Kratz because I do remember Kratz saying that he was a vegan and that he like he adheres to this like strictly like gluten-free, um, dairy-free, um, like all completely plant-based diet. And I thought that was absolutely fascinating. Uh, not that, I mean, I'm not like a big proponent of, yeah, if you're, if you're an older athlete, you need to adhere to this strict, like complete, like plant-based gluten-free diet here. But <laughs> I guess, I mean, th- th- there's some truth in it because baseball is a, is a sport that like absolutely just wears your body down. And like someone like me, so I I'm 35 years old. And if, so if, if I was a major league baseball player, I would probably be considered washed because like my, it, it if you like just say, think that I'm like throwing a ball at 90 plus miles an hour for like 15 years straight. Yeah. So like, a 35 year old would probably be pretty, pretty exhausted by now, but I don't know. I, I always think it like I I'm in the prime of my life right now. And, but if I was a baseball player, they'd be like, Oh, she's done for, she's completely washed. <laughs> well,
2: but no, it's it's true though. I mean, it, with as as in uh, Kratz with with you know guys like that, if you're going to be playing um, major, you know, if you're going to be on a major league roster at that age, uh, that's the way that I. It seems like you'd have to do it. You'd have to really, you know, to go the Nelson Cruz route and and uh, or or the Eric Kratz route and um, what I say, Aaron Kratz. Yeah, there's too many Kratzes, Katzes, Ethan, whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, well. I knew that that was going to happen, but the fact is, um, I, I don't treat my body that way and I'm 27. So I think my major league uh, playing days are, uh, even though I would, I guess be considered maybe in the, around the prime of my baseball playing career. Um,
0: yeah, you're, you're on the right side of 30, <laughs> like, like you are on the right side of 30. I am on the wrong what like far the wrong side of 30. So
2: <laughs> no, I it's, it's all, I, I feel like if, if we're going, if I'm going off of how I, how I treat the things I eat and the exercise that I don't do, I'm far more probably like a 52 or 53 year old man. And that's, that's nothing against 52 or 53 year old men. It's just the fact of the matter.
0: Right, right, right. So you either yeah just become completely vegan, or you bring in your cousin personal chef, and uh, yeah, just have your have your employer uh, just employ them too. So good on Nelson Cruz and good on the twins for doing that, even though it and broke a, my heart.
2: A very quick note on that too. When when Dan was talking about how um, Nelson's cousin, I believe, who had sort of recruited, said, "Hey, you want you want Alex Colome." And then they got Alex Calame. Um, I, I was like, "What the hell? I, that's when does it work like that?" I mean,
0: <laughs> I, I honestly had no idea that happened. Uh, oh yeah, because <laughs> I hadn't like read any articles about um, like the the twins' acquisition of Colomay. so I had no idea that uh, the personal chef was uh, also a friend of Colomé's, too. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's I mean... cool. That's cool. Like, like completely objectively. I <laughs> yeah. mean. Like, I mean, if I knew someone that like made really good food and like, hey, like I- I'm a personal chef for this space base- professional baseball team, you want to come pay for them or play for them? And I'm like, heck, yeah, yeah, they could just pay me $5 million. Like, I I'd totally be up <laughs> for that.
2: Yeah, uh, it'd be fun. It'd be so fun at like a negotiation table of, of I don't even think about those things. Everyone always talks about the money, which, you know, is not nothing. But uh, yeah. why not There's see what you can game get game. out of it?
0: The auxiliary little perks, so, so, so that being said, say if a major league baseball team was trying to court you, Sam, mm-hmm. and they offered you like X amount of dollars, what, what would be like an extraneous non-monetary perk that would get you to sign with a team?
2: Um, the first thing that comes to mind is like, uh, I, I really love sushi. I'm a really big sushi fan. Specifically, mm-hmm. like I really love like, um, like Sam and Nigiri. Um, and I would like request that, like, I won't necessarily eat it every single day, but I want like a platter of salmon nigiri at, at like, I want that, at, the ability to have that every single day. Um, and that would be my, that would be my throwing perk, I think.
0: <laughs> just kind of waiting, waiting for you, just like some some salmon nigiri, waiting for you uh in front of your locker every day. Yeah, just, like, it doesn't. Surrounded reporters and like
1: half yeah. naked
0: and just like talk about. <laughs> oh yeah, well I threw seven and two thirds innings. uh You know they pulled me after uh, eighty nine pitches. I definitely could have stayed in. As you pop a roll in your mouth,
2: exactly. I mean, uh, you know, it 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 could be at my locker. It could be at the if I'm on the road at the hotel or at my home. But I would want someone to kind of be responsible for that. But I think to get to that point, I couldn't just be like a middling player on the team. I think I'd have to, you know, be, uh, you know, a Nelson Cruz, for example. Um, which we can all agree I would not be on my respective team. I'd be more like a, uh, I don't know, Jonathan Lucroy on a minor league deal <laughs> or something. <laughs> You just, you just, you're just trying to, you know, keep work in the major leagues. That's what I'm. That's what I'd, I'd be, and I don't think I have that same negotiating power. How about you, Jax? What do, what is your benefit, uh, extra benefit outside yeah. of monetary?
0: Yeah, that's a really great question. I, I don't really see uh, anyone making any additional effort to, uh, I, I guess, court me as a major league baseball player. Uh, I, I think I'd be like, they could just hand me a check for like a million, but like, like a $1 million waiver, just be like, or, 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 or Hey, you know, she's, she's 35. She's like more than likely washed, uh, minor league deal for her. Uh, but I think besides that, uh, so uh, trying to think of the quickest way I could piss off my teammates. Uh, I love karaoke. Uh, so I think to have uh, some sort of really great karaoke system in the clubhouse would be so Great, uh, maybe um, a magic mic. They're very popular in the Philippines. So uh, it, it, it's uh, the system, like it's it's literally a microphone that has like a built-in computer thing on it, and you program it, uh, and the the song uh, plays in a like awful like midi quality format uh, along <laughs> like the, this like cheesy as heck backdrop, and then it scores you after you're finished singing your song. So it can be just as simple as like a like a. $39.99 Magic Mike. And so if, if they had one of those in the clubhouse, uh, not only would I w- would piss off my teammates, piss off the media, <laughs> piss off the front office, uh, but it would also get me to accept whatever a million dollar offer uh, a team has for me. So there you go. Oh. And I'm really surprised I didn't pick anything food related. That, that that's Whoa. really like not my, well, I don't know. I, I guess maybe <laughs> like, a food related perk i don't know like pizza that's because i'm hungry right now and i want pizza. <laughs> and <it's Friday. laughs> so it's right now. It's pizza, friday.
2: <laughs> pizza friday uh no i I'm, yeah, like i yeah i want to know it, so the magic mic is just like a you could just buy the magic mic you could just go into the store and buy it
0: yeah like a, yeah okay yeah, totally.
2: I, okay i i as you were saying i'm like i want this to be a thing that i can acquire uh so i think uh yeah. I'm, I'm obviously get-
0: <laughs> pretty surprised that they're not as popular in the U.S., So if if you go to some Filipino household households like you'll you'll maybe find them there but they're always shipped in from overseas uh, like from relatives or whatnot Uh, but they're they're really cool they're 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 super cool devices and if you want to kind of up the ante a little bit you could always get uh, one of those uh, devices that you see at Korean karaoke spots so it's usually more so of a dedicated box it's like a PA system uh, that. They give you a little computer panel where you program in your song and it cues up, and it's super cool. It's super cool. God, I miss karaoke. God, I miss being around people. (laughs) Bro, what
2: the hell? Yeah, I I know. It's. uh, It. I'm starting. I'm starting to. I think that'll be a quick activity as once once is once is safe and and uh, and the population is vaccinated or at least enough of the population is vaccinated. Um, Those that those will that will that will get vaccinated, which is hopefully um, a lot. Um, But anyway, I would think, I think karaoke, definitely movie theater is, is right up there, but karaoke is there too. So uh, fortunately though, you'll be able to um, supply that once, you know, once you're signed here uh, in the coming weeks before the season starts as your, as your uh, additional outside of a monetary benefit from, from the major league team that, that gives you a shot. (laughs)
0: I know Uh, I'm sure like someone like Jerry Reinsdorf is like going on to Amazon looking for the cheapest (laughs) magic you find uh it's something that only has like maybe 150 songs uh there's like all of uh the Smashing Pumpkins Siamese dream album for some reason all in mini format (laughs) is that true well that exists that exists but uh yeah i was i was thinking of just a very limited song book selection there so i'm just thinking of all of uh, your timeless karaoke hits uh so, so like bohemian rhapsody okay. oh my god that, that would piss off a lot of people if i sang yeah. bohemian rhapsody uh Mr. personally Brightside. not one of my favorite songs to sing <laughs> i i i think it's a little difficult it's uh,
2: too long but.
0: It, it is it's also way too long you got like 162 yeah. measure breaks and then all of a sudden you're just kind of sitting there going, yeah, and go the it,
2: yeah the
0: crowd is kind of watching you going like okay all right
2: <laughs> i need the quick songs uh this is by the way uh north side socks pod is is now karaoke socks pod that's what we will be from now on <laughs> this is this is uh this is uh more enjoyable than a lot of uh, a lot of uh just general baseball stuff but especially more enjoyable than uh some of the really awful baseball stuff that has has uh yeah happened here in the- uh,
0: one thing that I'm really hoping to put to bed and I, I know this is probably a huge ask of myself as well as the rest of the world uh but it's uh can we please stop talking about Trevor Bauer uh, so today, uh, Bauer signed with the Los Angeles Dodgers in a kind of like a really strange uh, bait and switch, where last night, uh, Bob Nightingale, blessed his heart, he's only he's only correct when he talks about the White Sox. Like, yes. he's, er, with everyone else, he's completely just like, like off his ass about everything. But when it comes to his White Sox news, he's on top of it.
2: Yes, he is. Um, <laughs>
0: So he reported last night that uh, the Trevor Bauer signed with the with the Mets, with the New York Mets, which I mean optically, like if you you look at that, it it looks absolutely terrible because earlier uh, in this offseason, the Mets fired uh, their former general manager, Jared Porter, after reports emerged that he was sexually harassing uh, a female reporter uh, from another country. And the details of that were just absolutely awful. Uh, Mm. So uh, just... Looking at optics, the firing of Jared Porter to only sign Trevor Bauer, uh, someone who has repeatedly uh, harassed women online, uh, would have certainly been a huge slap in the face to female fans. Uh, Yeah, myself included. And I think that if the Mets did that, um, I First of all, would just feel incredibly awful for my Mets fan, my lovely Mets fan friends uh, that I have. Uh, but it also uh, reinforces this idea that, uh, yeah, this type of behavior is acceptable in in Major League Baseball. It kind of shows us that we don't belong. Uh, that a lot of the times, uh, a lot of this behavior is just normalized. Uh, enabled even uh and it absolutely just sucks to see and yes like it, there needs to be some sort of systemic change there needs to be uh say more of an elevated conversation where say um, if you know if if men are just i guess acting up or harassing others uh yeah other men like should step up and like, I don't know. I, I think about it a lot and I just end up getting incredibly angry about just the general scope of how things are. Uh, but uh, yeah, to kind of circle back to my thought on Trevor Bauer signing with the Dodgers. Uh, so earlier today, uh, yeah, Bauer signed a whopping contract. It was of yeah. <laughs> uh, three years. I, I forget the total, but I think it's over a hundred million. Um, mm-hmm. it, 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 it just like turns my eyes just blood red to think about it
2: <laughs> it has some opt-outs year, after each yeah yeah i think yeah so the i'm first sorry year you get
0: like 40 million like like 40 million after the first year with an opt-out and uh yeah so i think the most ridiculous part about this is that trevor bauer makes more money than clayton kershaw how does someone who won a cy young after like like a handful of starts against the AL Central and the NL Central after having an overall just incredibly mediocre career. It's like, 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 how how do you just get that much money? Like, how I, I I don't get it.
2: I yeah I um it it's very uh it's it's very frustrating. Uh, we've definitely shared a lot of our thoughts on Trevor Bauer here on the uh, the North Side Sox Pod, um, and I think it's like it's nice that he didn't go to the Mets because of the, the sort of, um, the fact that they did, you know, it's interesting when you're talking about the, with the, the sort of the, the swift action that they took with firing Jared Porter, um, you know, and then if they were to have signed, uh, Trevor Bauer after that, it's sort of like that mentality that we see throughout, uh, throughout sports, uh, which is that, oh, wait, you're expecting us to do the right thing like forever. Uh, and, um, <laughs> And that, that would have been uh, extremely hypocritical. But right. so on one hand, yes, um, I it, it is good for, for, our Mets, for our Mets fan friends that he's not going there. And also that it would have been very hypocritical of that organization. But on the other side, yes, he's getting huge money to go to the uh, World Series champions. Uh, and I think that it's a little bit, um, you know, it's kind of like that's his reward for, uh, for you know, doing this being obnoxious, you know, doing some decent stuff on the baseball field, but also, um, you know, going pretty much outside of, you know, basically getting, getting away with um, literally, you know, targeting, um, targeting his followers, or excuse me, targeting people that have spoken about him in any kind of capacity and having his followers, um, you know, sicking his followers. Is that the right word? On, on those, those people that are outspoken about him. Um, uh, in this, you know, online harassment against specific, specifically women on social media. Um,
0: and just a quick note on uh, just, just his harassment. And so a lot of his defenders have been saying like, oh, well, he's standing up for himself. And I'm like, I, I don't buy that. The reason being is because the people who have harassed him, and I use that term loosely, will, will usually just say things like, uh, I don't think you'd be a great fit on my team. Like, you're my least favorite player. Um, like, you suck. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's really like awful to hear if you're a Major League Baseball player, but that. Pales in comparison to some of the things that I have seen people say to uh, players like Marcus Stroman, who has gotten um, just racial slurs thrown at him, uh, just really awful things. And you don't, you you never see Marcus Stroman quote tweet any of uh, that and being like, like, come come get this guy. Uh, it, it's certainly just like it, it, it pales in comparison. So uh, yeah, the other thing about Trevor Bauer quote tweeting all of these harassers is that these women have gotten death threats, uh, comments about their looks. Uh, I think that there have been rape threats too. Um, if uh, I, I don't remember entirely, but, uh, yeah, I, I think that is significantly far worse than say like hearing as a baseball player, like you suck. I don't want you on my team. So. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, and, and it's, uh, you're right. And I think, um, you just look across, like you said, and Stroman's a good example. But I'm, I'm not saying that, um, you know, it, w- and in in case where he's actually getting harassed uh, in these instances and and not, you know, not responding um, to the, to those to those things. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's in with Bauer, it's ch- extraordinarily childish. Um, quite frankly, uh, you, you I, I, I mean, I don't think I don't if we're looking at his career. Uh, which has been just kind of decent overall um, outside of this last season. Um, I think that the, we don't necessarily have to really hope that uh, there's like a ton of regression. I think that could very much happen. Um, and so I'll just say that, um, you know, and uh, I, I hope that um, I hope that the baseball that that as as more I don't know how to say this, but I just hope that there's more accountability when it comes to like, uh, his, his actions and the fact that, you know, he's not, he hasn't given any sort of, you know, I think he put out some kind of a lame statement a couple of weeks ago when there was the story about, um, or it had come up again about his harassing of, of women on, on Twitter. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see what he does now that he's got the big money out in, uh, out in LA, um, not on the field, but off the field. And, uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It'd be nice if he would uh kind of own up to some of those those actions, but at least he's not in uh in New York with the Mets. We we like the Mets are kind of like our our uh our national league um yeah uh you know, I feel like they're they're I don't know why. I feel like the Mets and the Sox have some have some ties in, there, in terms there, of their fan base.
0: Yeah, there, there are a lot of parallels. And so I, I mess with Mets Twitter. Uh, there, There's so many cool folks on Mets Twitter that I've met in the past like year, year and a half or so. Uh, and I love those guys. They're, they're absolutely fantastic. Uh, but yeah, I think that was certainly one thing that was sort of looming over everyone's heads, where uh, it's sort of like um, you know being a, a side character in Shirley Jackson's Lottery, right? Where there's kind of like this looming fear that you know, hey, like, like someone's got to take Trevor Bauer, like like, like someone's got to sign him, uh, and so uh, yeah, it just so happened to be uh, the Dodgers. So I've I'm also friends with. Plenty of lovely people from Dodgers Twitter, uh, bless you guys. Uh, so yeah, uh, there's like not much I can say beyond that, but like, I'm sorry. Uh, Padres are looking good this year. Um, (laughs) and I think, um, Perhaps as a closing note, uh, I, I think uh, it would be very advantageous for an NL West team to look into the services of uh someone that goes by the name of Nomar Mazzara, who who, who hits Trevor Bauer. <laughs> he, Actually, he, one last year. I
2: was he's gonna say Trevor he is he's hit Trevor Bauer. <laughs> um and uh yeah, I, I think um I I saw I saw I think you tweeted about that and I and I, I was at first I was sort of thinking. Uh, I, I wanted to look into it a little bit more, but no, that, that does, that does tie in together there. Um, or the the other side is that your, your, your side hustle is your um, Nomar Mazar's agent or you've taken, you've opened, <laughs> you're competing with Rachel Luba. Uh, oh my
0: God. <laughs> you know what, you know what, man, that would be just like an incredibly great, maybe parody like TV show is where <laughs> I, I'm like this uh, girl boss uh, baseball agent uh, who seems to be under the impression that she's the only f- uh, MLBPA certified uh, female agent. Uh, and yeah, I, I just take on uh, the client and just like try to get him uh, a job somewhere.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, the, oh my God. I would, I would produce that show. I, I want, I want to see that show. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. 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 It, it would be very funny in a sad kind of way. I think.
2: <laughs> hey, wait, Janice, Trevor Bauer can't be a bad guy. I mean, Rachel Luba is a woman, so, and she is his agent.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's really amazing how Trevor Bauer seems to respect uh, this one woman who um, happens to uh, have a direct interest in, uh, say, uh, where he signs and what he does.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, yeah. and it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's really surprising that, yeah, uh, that he benefits uh, from her being in a position of power. I, I think that's like absolutely incredible. Feminist icon, Trevor Bauer.
2: Girl girl boss. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag.
0: Hashtag girl boss.
2: Um, so I I just, just to kind of wrap on not a note of leaving people's, the taste in people's mouths of, of talking about Trevor Bauer, um, but you know, girl we. Boss and then the lottery uh I you know we usually record on on Saturdays um our loyal fan base knows that obviously um we're gonna we're doing it a day early so I can ask any exciting plans for the weekend in this frigid frigid uh Chicago um I'm gonna call it a hellscape even though it, it's very much cold we would take a little bit more like the uh,
0: hellish temperatures day. I think yeah <laughs> Ah, yeah. I, I, I'm really glad you asked, Sam, because uh, I'm uh, doing absolutely jack shit. Uh, but no, that, that's not entirely true. <laughs> uh, like Super Bowl Sunday is, mm-hmm. is Sunday. Yeah. And, and so I'm not a football person. Like I, I could care less about football, whatever. Um, but restaurants have pl- pl- plenty of great specials. Uh, so I ordered uh, this box from a, a restaurant in Chicago called Kasama. Uh, they're a, a more of a high end Filipino restaurant. Like love to see that. Um, run by some really great chefs. Uh, So it is a box that contains pizza, um, adobo wings, uh, another type of wing that I can't remember uh, because I'm super hungry right now and I've got hunger brain. (laughs) Uh, And uh, lumpia Shanghai too. So like this box. Oh, I also ordered some Ubi cake to go with it too. So I I am so excited for this box of food that I paid way too much money for. Uh, And uh, yeah, it's meant for two people, but it's just gonna be me eating it. Oh, yeah, that's
2: that sounds phenomenal. I mean, I like the different options there. Because like, I find if I get if I get a meal, I get nervous, like if there's like just the one thing I want, I want to be able to know, like, okay, if I finish this all right now, I've got this side I've got, I like to have different options. So that sounds oh, yeah. excellent.
0: A little bit of it. It's sort of like a charcuterie board, but it's also your meal. It's it's all it's like that's lovely. <laughs> absolutely. I'll, I'll be munching on that on Sunday. How about you, Sam? What the heck are you doing this weekend? Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, pretty, pretty much the same um, as well. I'm not getting the the uh, unfortunately I'm not getting the uh, the delicious sounding box of food, um, but I am planning on uh, there's a, a place called Fiore's in my neighborhood which is an amazing um, Italian, small Italian uh, deli um, little corner store. They are I found out yesterday, um, close they're, they're, they're closing up shop after 51 years. Um, and uh, I was talking to the owner yesterday. Um, I had stopped in to get some get some prosciutto and some some cheese and um, and yeah, they were like closing, and I was really, really sad for a second. But then I found out that um, she had said that they, are not closing because of you know the, the pandemic or whatever they're just they're just retiring she'd been in it she had been working there for 46 years um and uh, i said to her i was like that's that's awesome and i said you need some you, you deserve some rest uh so i will be sad to lose uh fiores as a as a, one of my favorite spots in the neighborhood that being said um i think I'm gonna go there for a final um they're closing you know after super bowl sunday so they're gonna allow people to get some subs there um, for that game. And, uh, I will be planning on devouring my favorite, uh, prosciutto sandwich, uh, just, uh for that. And, um, <laughs>
0: like, goodbye, Fioris. Goodbye. Um, just like cry <laughs> while, while you're biting through the sandwich.
2: Yes. <laughs> and I'll step outside. The tears will, uh, adhere to my face, freeze, freeze onto my face. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, but, um, but yeah, it, this I I you know I'll be I'll be watching the Super Bowl and, and eating the big sub. You'll be having a whole bunch of Filipino food, which sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, but um, but no, this was a fun episode. We we went over a lot of different things, and and Dan Hayes could not have been more cool to join us. Um, yeah, so, super cool yeah.
0: Dan to join us. Yeah, so. Uh... Yeah, this has been a super fun filled episode of Northside Socks. Uh so until next time. Uh yeah, I don't think we can be annoyed by Trevor Bauer anymore or maybe maybe. I mean like uh, he, he, if, if it's time to be annoying Trevor Bauer will always um answer the call to action.
2: Oh yes. Um,
0: but- <laughs> Anyway, you can follow Northside Socks on Twitter. Um, Our Twitter Twitter handle is Northside Socks Pod. uh, That may or may not be Sam's burner. Uh, It's sometimes (laughs) my burner. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter, Ascuriosa, spelled S-C-U-R-I-I-O-S-A. I'm getting better at spelling it. Uh, Follow (laughs) Southside Socks at, guess what, Southside Mm Socks. Yeah, other than that, uh, it was lovely talking to you guys as always, and we'll see you next time.
2: See you then.